Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. So, we're going to open our Bibles, first of all, I think, with that scripture in 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. That puts you in a kingly place. That's our position. As believers, we are kings. We know that. That's what uh, Revelations 1, 6 says, that we are kings and priests. We've been set apart for that. And we have to get that down in our hearts. We've got to change our thinking. Amen? To put ourselves, because we are easy to put ourselves down, but to put ourselves in that place of royalty, we're going to have to shift our thinking in order to accomplish all that God has for us. So he says, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that we should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So part of our job Part of our calling, part of what God wants for us is to show forth the praises of him who delivered us out of darkness and put us into his glorious light, into his very presence that reflects Jesus everywhere we go and everything that we do. And, and if it says to show forth. So to show forth, people have got to see something, right? They've got to be looking at something, seeing something beyond where they live beyond what their perspective is. And as ministers, we've got to raise up the, the standard. We've got to raise that up that people can reach into that place and take hold of it and believe that God is actually saying to them, you are a royal priesthood. You are. That's who you are. And so as ministers, one of the things we have to do, we have to see it. For ourselves, that means we need to change our level of thinking. We need to change our perspective. So we're going to look, and we all know this story, but we're going to look at the Queen of Sheba. So let's go, and we'll go to Second Chronicles chapter 9. We're going to go back and forth between Second Chronicles chapter 9 and 1 Kings chapter 10 because there's several things in here I want us to look at tonight from a royal perspective and what is and I'm going to talk about generosity I've been I've been meditating on this and I've been thinking about this and I'm telling you my thinking is shifting I am changing the way I've been processing something just, and this is not about finances. Generosity has to go beyond finances. It has to go into a heart that is changed, that we have a generous heart, a heart of generosity, a heart not just in giving, but a heart of servanthood. Just like Jesus. Jesus was a servant. He was a king, but he was a servant. And so he had that spirit of generosity and he didn't take any bull from anybody. <laughs> Amen? You know, when the devil came to him and he said, if you be the son of God, if you be the son of God, if you be, that question gets answered to us, asked to us all the time. If you can afford to do this, 
What is, a, what is that? That is questioning your identity. When the devil asks Jesus, if you be the son of God, he was trying to strip his identity. He was trying to take who he was away. And Jesus, he answered him. He responded. Well, when it comes to us on things, I'm just talking about vision. I'm talking about things here. We go to, can we afford it? Can we do this? You know, and I think that's what's been shifting in me where this conference is concerned, is shifting. Can we afford to do this? Well, if God put it in my heart, then we can afford to do it. If God puts your vision in your heart, then you can afford to do it. And we've got to answer back to the enemy when he comes in and says, can you afford this? We've got to answer. If God, if God put that in my heart, then he can provide. Then that means the provision is already there. And we've lived under shortage. We've lived under lack. We've lived under that place because our, we have in our own souls... We have a, a poor mentality. And getting us over and shifting into that royal place, into that kingly place, we're going to have to take what the word of God and believe that we are a royal priesthood. That's who we are, and we're going to walk in it. I believe that in here, that I, I know pastors that are in here, you've got vision. You've got vision for your city. You got vision for your 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 city. You got vision. There's vision out there. All of us have vision. You have vision for Panama. You have vision and we live on a shortage. Or we live, it could be shortage of people. Not necessarily money, shortage of people. It could be shortage of stuff, whatever it is. Shortage of work, shortage of workers. Come on. Shortage what does that do to your mentality? What does that do? It puts in a poor spirit, and we have to look at that and change that thinking and say, if God called me to this city, if God called me and he planted me here, then bless the Lord, he has workers for me. He has finances for me. He has everything that I need to fulfill this vision, so therefore I need to shift in my thinking, and come from a royal standpoint and believe I'm a king. This is who I am, which means if I'm a king, I'm going to rule and reign. And I'm going to take what the devil's trying to do with me, and I'm going to put it back on him. Amen? I'm going to shift my thinking. I'm going to get out of that, that poverty spirit. And sometimes we don't like to think that way, but when we limit, we've got to poverty spirit I speaking anybody today so second chronicles chapter 9 verse 1 and when the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem and with a very great company and camels and bare spices and gold in abundance and precious stones, and when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. Okay, so here's the queen of Sheba. She is not broke, right? She's a very wealthy woman. She is bringing with her a great company. That means there's an army with her. 
There's camels and spices, gold in abundance. I mean, she is a well-to-do woman, correct? And she heard about Solomon. She heard. So people were coming to tell her all that Solomon had, all that he did, coming to tell her what got her attention. And she's looking around at her stuff. She's got good stuff. She's doing well. She's not broke. And she said, it says that she came to test him, to prove, is this true? Is this really true? Because she's thinking, I'm surely better than Solomon. Think about it. Because why would she take the trouble to go with all of that, take all of that escort, she wants to show him. I'll show him what I have. So here they come. She comes. She asks all the questions. And verse 3 says, And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom. Now, how do you see wisdom? It says you've seen. So wisdom. And that word wisdom means administration. It means I've seen Come to see, what did she see? Now, I believe this is a principle, especially for all of us ministers, that we need to see in our ministries. Coming into that place, it, it describes the cupbearers, it describes the ministers, it describes the servants, right? That's what they're going through. That's what she's looking at. She's going, whoa, you're well-dressed. Wow, oh, you got a pretty smile. Looking at, examining, she examined everything she went through and she saw it. She'd heard about it, but now she's looking. Oh, look at all that you have. Look at all. And she said, the half has not been told of how great things are and how great everything looks. So she is amazed at Solomon. She's amazed at his wisdom. She's amazed at his administration. She's amazed at what? Now, you've got to remember, her servants are right there, right? They're all there. They're all present. She brought them with them. But they're not comparing to something here. It's not comparing to what Solomon has. What is Solomon carrying? First of all, the anointing to be king, but the blessing of the Lord. He's carrying that, and people are seeing it. They're looking at it, and they're seeing it. What does she say about the servants? She said they're what? Blessed, right? If we go on down and read, I have so much time, so I'm trying to get through this. She said, verse 7, well, I want to go to 6. How be it, I believe not their, I, how be it, I believe not their words, until I came and my eyes had seen, and behold, the one half of the greatness of thy administration was not told me, for thou excellest the fame that I've heard. Well, I want to get to that place. Anybody want to get there? That when they come in, what do they see? They see that your servants are happy. Your, your staff is happy. The people that you have staff. Anybody believing for staff? Help? You know? 
She, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to encourage you tonight. God wants us to look at this, that we're going to believe God that by this time next year, there's going to be such a shift in your ministries Amen. and such a change in your ministries that they're not the same. Amen. That the blessing of the Lord is truly on them because you have made a shift in your soul. You shifted that soul. You shifted that thinking. You got out of that, into that place that this is what God has for you. Amen? Because that's what's going to affect your community. That's what's going to change things around you. That's what's going to get the word of the living God out into the airways, out into the city, out into the community. That's going to change what has been going on. Isn't it your heart? As ministers, that's our heart, or it shouldn't be our heart. It shouldn't be about us being kings. It shouldn't be about, you know, who, what we get. It should be about servanthood to the community to change it. But we need help. Amen. We need things to do. We need people to help assist in the work of the ministry. Amen? Amen? For us, we have great help. We have, I mean, these people are full-time. But I, pastor and I's heart, is I now watch this. They're all going to shake their heads. I want to see increase in their paychecks. (laughs) So it's going to take shift in the thinking. And so here is the Queen of Sheba. She's looking at all of this, and she's looking at the people that they are happy or they are blessed. Why? What is going on in this kingdom? Not only is Solomon, it talks about Solomon's wealth, but not only is Solomon blessed, but the people are blessed. People throughout Israel, people throughout Jerusalem are blessed because a king had a mindset of generosity, and I'm going to show you that in just a minute. That was his mindset. So let's go over to verse 13. And I'm going to read it out of 1 Kings, so you might shift over to 1 Kings. It's in in the heart. So, in verse 13, it says, And King Solomon gave unto the Queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked. Now, that's pretty, pretty good deal right there. Right? He gave to her all her desire. I don't know what all she desired. Now, this is a wealthy woman. But he gave her all that she desired, whatsoever she asked. Whatever she asked for, he gave to her. Wouldn't that be nice? Besides that, which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty or his royal generosity or his royal hand, out of the hand, out of his hand, he gave extra, exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Now listen, he blessed her. He blessed her big time. But then out of his own soul, out of his own royalty, out of his own hand, he went and really blessed her. That's royal generosity. That's our attitude. That's a heart. That's how we need to change our thinking into that place that we have that generous heart. Now, Alexander the Great 
and his aide were on the road, and they, I don't know where they were going, but they were going down the road, and this beggar that had nothing, absolutely nothing, was begging, and he begged Alexander the Great. And he said to Alexander, you know, can you give me something? Whatever he said, he said, I need, I need money. And Alexander gave him two gold coins. And when he gave the gold coins, his aide said, why did you do that? Why did you give gold coins? And Alexander responded with, copper coins would have met the beggar's need, but gold coin suits Alexander's giving. Wow. Wow. What was that? It was the heart. It was out of generosity of his heart. He could have he sufficed that beggar with two copper coins, but he looked and valued who he was. And when we look and we value who we are in God, royal priesthoods, kingly, we're going to start giving out of that and instead of what we think we can do. It's going to change and shift our thinking to step into that place that God has called us to, to step over. That's what King Solomon was doing here with the Queen of Sheba. Queen of Sheba had no need. He didn't give for a need. Now, I know most everybody in this room, might be a few people I don't know personally, but I know this about the majority of the people in here and probably all of you here on a Thursday night. If somebody, you know, and this church has done it many times, and I'm sure your churches have done it many times. You've had somebody. It's like we had a, a need last year for a young girl to go to school. And so uh, Cerise, our school administrator, stood up here. This girl came from a home that couldn't afford it. And didn't, it wasn't there. But out of the generosity of this congregation, we paid for her school year. Because there was a need, we reached out to meet it. We all get need conscious. Well, I, I want to work on this need. I'll help you with this need. I mean, everyone in, in here has probably given a, helped a need. You know, Pastor and I, and I'm sure you all are the same way, we've given many times helping somebody meet, it, meet needs. We've bought tires for cars, you know, done all sorts of stuff to help people, right, to get in need. But the Queen of Sheba, Sheba had no need. So he wasn't giving out of need. He wasn't giving out of, I'm going to help this person. He was giving out of the heart of God. He was giving out of the generosity of his own heart. That's the heart of God. The heart of God is a generous, a generous heart, a loving heart that affects every area of our lives. It gets in there. Now, I want you to understand, I, I am talking here about finances, but I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about a heart that has a free spirit, that a loving spirit, a generous spirit that wants to go and do. 
Now, Catherine Kuhlman's dad was the mayor of a city. And when he was mayor, there was a drunk. He was in a store, and he was about to walk out of the store. When he walked out, go to walk out of the store, this drunk came and just pushed him aside and went in front of him. And the mayor's assistant said, well, that's not right. Why did you let him do that? And the mayor said, let me make sure I want to say it right. I wrote it down to make sure I said it right. The mayor said, I can afford it. What was he talking about? Because of his image. He said, I can afford to be pushed to the side. I can afford to give to somebody. Not money, but not making a big deal about it. Not thinking, I am so important. I dare you do that to me. You know, just think about sometimes when we go down the road and some car gets in front of us. Sometimes you may want to, bless the Lord, put the metal to the pedal, I'll show you. You know what we just did to us? We just devalued ourselves. We just shifted from the generous spirit into more of a mindset of, I've got to have my way. I've got, I've got to do this. And God wants us shifting to a generous spirit in everything that we're doing. To reach out and be generous in all that we do. It will affect us financially, but it will affect every area of our lives that takes it off of ourselves and puts it on who, who is Jesus to us. We are to show forth his praises. We are the royal priesthood. So to a lost and dying world, they need to see generosity. They need to see the love of God in us. They need to see us in a place that they don't see others in. And if we're a rural priesthood, which we are, then we're going to show forth his praises. We're going to show who he is. We're going, to, we're going to reflect Jesus in our generous spirit. So we want to shift out of that poverty spirit. We want to shift out of that place, and we want to shift into having a generous spirit, which is meaning we've got to be conscious of the things that we are doing and that know that, yeah, it's okay. I can afford it. I can afford, I can be, afford to be pushed out of the way. I can do this because I am giving out of a generous heart. Too many people are stingy and want their own way. They're stingy with money. They're stingy with their time. They're stingy with everything. And it's because they have a poverty spirit instead of a generous spirit. And so if we want to see everything that we want to see, then we're going to have to shift our thinking. We're going to have to shift it into an avenue that every area of our life is being affected by a generous spirit. Amen? Amen. Being into that place. Now here Solomon sowed into the Queen of Sheba with no need, not because she had a need, but out of his generous heart, out of his royal bounty, he sowed into her. 
Well, let's see how it affected everything. Let's see how this offering affected all of Jerusalem, all of the community, because that's what we're all after, right? Amen. We're in that place that we are believing to affect our communities. We're believing to make a difference in them. And so it says, I want you to look at verse 27. Wait, let's go to 21 first. And all of King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. None were of silver. It was nothing accounted in the days of Solomon. Verse 27. And the king made silver to be in Jerusalem as stones. <laughs> I'll take the leftover silver. <laughs> so I want it, what happened when he gave generously, not holding back, giving the queen of Sheba everything that she asked for, everything that she de desired. When he gave out of his royal hand, when he sowed it into him, it affected the whole community to where heaps of silver were just in the streets because they didn't mean anything. Everybody had enough gold. People had enough. Jerusalem was blessed. The Queen of Sheba said to King Solomon, you got on this throne because God loves Israel. It was a witness. It was a testimony of the love of God for a nation. And it affected the nation when Solomon lived and did what was right. And, you know, he was a young man. And for years, he did what was right. It was not till he was older that his heart was turned. So there were years that the blessing of the Lord was working in Israel, was working in Jerusalem, was working in the people's lives of that community till they wanted to serve God. They had what they needed. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Amen. Getting in there is taking, it's going to take a shift in our mindset, a shift in our thinking. And understand that generosity is just not about money. That generosity is going to affect every area of our life. Generosity in our hearts that gives us a strong uh, faith that we can believe God because we are the kings. We are the priests. We are a royal family. And in royalty, in the natural realm, when you look at kings, you know, it's about them. And so, but in the kingdom of God, we're kings, but it's not about us. It's about him. And we want to, we're to be as he was, correct? And what was he? He was a servant. He was a servant. How does he demonstrate it? With a towel on his arm? got down on his knees, and washed the feet of the disciples. Why? He knew who he was. He knew, it, he knew his identity. And that's what the enemy has stolen from us, is our identity. He's come to take our identity. He's come to steal it. But when we know who we are, then he can't have our identity. When we know the position that he's put us in as, as kings and we stand into that place, he can't have our identity. And how many times 
does the enemy come in and stop us from the vision that is in your heart because we believe a lie. Because we live that lower place because we're so used to it. And we see the perspective from another place. And God wants us to shift that. There is, there is enough money in the kingdom of God. Not even talking about the wealth of the sinner that's laid up for the just. <laughs> There's enough money in the kingdom of God to fulfill everything that's in each and every one of your hearts. Everything. You can't bankrupt heaven. We need to start trying. <laughs> we need to, you know, step our faith up to a higher level. And that's really what, for us, this conference, when God put in our heart on what to do, when we, and I want to thank Family Worship Center, but your rooms are paid for. If you're in a hotel and you're a minister, your rooms are paid for. Thank you, Family Worship Center. We, we decided it was in our heart. It's been in our heart. But we decided you're worth it. You're valuable. You're important in the kingdom of God. That's who you are. 30 years in Panama. 25 years pastoring. You're worth it. That's what God's saying. He's putting, he wants to put value in how important each and every one of us are. Right now, I'm, I'm talking to the ministers. How important you are. That's right. Because you carry the gospel. You carry the truth, and you're willing to pay the price. And I haven't enough. And we get by. And we live down here. God wants us our churches to, to thrive, Amen. be healthy, yes. to be strong, yes. and to make people strong and healthy into that place that we are citizens of heaven. Yes. Citizens of the king. Yes. That we're not putting shame on what Jesus did by not receiving our royal place in the kingdom of God. Because of our identity. And the devil's done a good job. I don't like to say he's done good at anything, but he's done a good job of tearing our identity apart. You can afford it. You can afford it.
We're going to be in that place. And that's what I'm believing, is we're going to shift. And we're going to start answering the devil back when he tells us. You won't ever have enough workers. They're all going to leave. No, they're not. We're going to answer back. I'm a king. You want to come see my administration? You want to watch my wisdom? You want to see how I carry this out? You just stand back and you just watch. We got to respond. We got to respond with faith. We're generous. We're givers. We've got seed in the ground. We've got harvests out there. I hadn't even been tapped into yet because the devil's lied to us. God wants your success more than you do. God, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the ministry, God wants you to succeed. This is what he wants. This is his will or he wouldn't have called you. He wouldn't have put you there. You think he gives you a job to do so you can fail? <laughs> not God. He, not, he doesn't think like we do. He not, he's not setting us up for failure. He's not setting us up for defeat. That's not who God is. That's why he said you, through Peter, he said you're a royal priesthood, a holy people. Man called to show forth the praises of God, to show forth the glory of God, to show who he is. Jerry Seville, when on, our 20, on our 25th, Dan and Joan's 25th is the same time our 25th is, and we had Jerry Seville here, and he gave us a word. He said, they're going to see, people are going to see. Basically, what are they going to see? They're going to see the goodness of God. They're going to see it. Well, that's what he's talking about. We've got to show. The queen of Sheba saw the goodness of God. That's what she saw. She saw the blessing. What is the blessing? We all know this. The blessing of the Lord upon the lives, that blessing that came upon Abraham has come upon us. And we, we can all, I'm not making fun of any of us, but we can all go, that's right. But then we got to get it here. <laughs> to shift that. To get us out where we're paralyzed. And in that place, that year after year after year after year, we're not breaking through. God wants us to break through. God wants us in that place of victory. And he wants to bring people that support your vision, that support your vision, willing to work, willing to do the work, willing to do the work, do the work. Get in there and so you can do what God wants you to do and have those people in Panama helping you with your vision. 
That's how God is. He gave it. I'm going to, I just want to get this. <laughs> Here. Into your heart. And God doesn't want you in the same place next year. He wants us out. Showing forth his praises. That we're going to shift our thinking. We're going to shift it into that place that we are so generous, so giving. You know, and I'm not saying you're not doing anything, okay? I just want you to hear my heart in this. I know you all are givers. But something has shifted in our souls. Something even in our personal. You know, the first of the year, God spoke to us to give X amount of dollars every month extra. I mean a large amount for us in the ministry. And we were like, you're going to take a leap of faith. And so we've done that every month since January. Haven't missed anything. Well, this last month, a couple of weeks ago, big. We're sitting there. I said, he said, how much money do we need to get out of the checking account? And I told him what to give it, get out. I said, we're going to get out and we're going to give money away. Not because there's a need, because we're not need-minded. Because God's going to meet all our need. We just wanted to do it and give some money to some people to just bless them, go out to dinner on it. So we started handing out $100 bills. And we had so much fun. <laughs> Man, I thought, oh, can we do this every time? <laughs> I thought it was a great idea. What I'm saying is something is shifting in me because we're stepping out into a place of more generosity than we've ever been in before. And it's not because we have extra money, but it's because our faith is shifting because the way we're thinking is shifting to that place that we want to be so generous that it just doesn't matter. And I'm just telling you, we haven't done without. There's some things, some big things I'm believing for. But I I'm going to get this down in my heart that I am so generous that I can say I can afford it. If somebody, if somebody decides they've got to have their way, I can say, go ahead, I can afford it. <laughs> and he can tell you when we were first married, I might have fought for that. Bless the Lord. I'm right and I know it. I shifted. I'm shifting. 
shift in my thinking. Because I believe that God believes in you all so much that he believes in every one of your ministries, in every one of your visions, in every one of you, that he's trying to get us up to a higher level. And you know what? I've really come into that place. I don't want to just go up a level. That ain't going to get the job done. Just going up a level isn't going to affect. I want to go up. I want to go up. Like Jerry Seville, when Pastor was sharing about that word, into that place, highest level obtainable, whatever I can believe God for. I want to go up there so that next year I can go up even higher. I'm just telling you, God wants us to shift in our thinking. And we are so generous. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? I just had this thought, and I'm going to share it with you. Oh, it's 830. I just had this thought. Wouldn't it be so fun if we all just started having that attitude and everybody just gets into that place that they're, they're just thinking so generous that somebody, that we were so generous, everybody started pouring money on Randy that she said, oh, I just can't handle anymore. <laughs> be a lot of money, wouldn't it? <laughs> but I'm just saying, if we come that way and we get to that point, what will it do to your community? What will it do to your ministry? When you look at it and the devil says, you can't have this. And you just simply say, I can afford it. I know I'm a royal priesthood. I know who I am. And we can all quote, I'm the righteousness of God. We can all say the right things. But until we shift that thinking... Until we allow that to really change and then we start doing it, start being it, that's when things start changing. You gotta have more than just head knowledge. Gotta get in that place that we start shifting. And that's what I'm believing tonight that we're shifting our thinking. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.